It's 11.59 on Radio Free BTC. This is your host, Joe Fi, with music and the truth till dawn. Right now I have a few words for our brothers and sisters behind enemy lines. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. It's 12 o'clock, Bitcoiners. Another day closer to victory. Stay tuned for news and more right after this quick break. All right, welcome back, Bitcoiners. I am your host, Joe Fi, and today we have the honor of being joined by a real miner. That was air quotes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if there's anything such as a real miner, but uh, Andre... Or- Andre Shu. Hey, a, a real miner is probably someone who's taken the Chrome pill, which is a subset of the Orange pill. <laughs> the Chrome pill. Okay, we're, uh, let me grab my pen. Yeah, we're we're definitely going to have to come back to uh, the Chrome pill. I, that's the first time I've heard that. Uh, yeah, also, a, a meme uh, ingested and regurgitated by me predominantly. <laughs> I I absolutely love it. So. Uh, well, why don't we just start? You know, th- this is the first time I've done an interview on camera. So, uh, well, thank you for having me. It means a lot. And also, thank you all for watching, paying attention, and being a, a supporter of Joe Fi. And actually, I forgot to, I forgot the uh, most important part. This is the most listened to podcast about Bitcoin mm-hmm. by my mom and sisters. So, respect, respect. <laughs> we have to, we have to bring in uh, everyone into the fold of Bitcoin. So then that way they can uh, preserve their life essence. And So so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, whatever, uh, whatever uh, you, you know, you're willing to share. But but more importantly, how you got into Bitcoin. That's I, I always find that interesting. Yeah. So I got bit by the IT and project management bug uh, when I was in public access and the open transparent system element of public access is what drew me to it. And so uh, over the course of the next couple of years, I'd, I had uh, found myself more and more involved with Bitcoin and going more and more down the rabbit hole. You know, I, I started out like very much like many other people where it's like, oh, here's like, you know, a, a fifth of my portfolio of my savings or, you know, cash on hand in, into Bitcoin. And then slowly and slowly, it's just like, oh, I'm comparing I'm comparing the outcome of all of my investments relative to Bitcoin. I'm starting to look at things in Bitcoin terms. I'm starting to think about the the expenses I've put in onto other things in my life in Bitcoin terms. And all of a sudden, the China ban happened. And I was just like, all right, well, this is probably the first time in which... um, newer generation hardware is going to be entering like the smaller uh, mining ecosystem. And so when it comes to a standpoint of being able to enter the space and having the hardware on hand, it's a little bit more accessible, but similar to everyone else, you know, everyone that's in mining always wishes that they got into mining probably like a year before they started, (laughs) mainly because of how long it takes to develop a rack space. Sure. Sure. So, so, so how did you start into the, I mean, so so into the mining what what actually pulled you in as far as that goes um i mean like looking at it as uh like a, a stochastic random uh fixed income you know system wherein like you understand that there's like inputs and outputs the outputs are bitcoin and heat the inputs are electricity capex and opex um and know-how and 
in order to get the energy the electricity you need energy so just kind of like going through uh all of the earlier stages of being able to understand and process that i started out with just like gpu mining and just like getting an s9 but once it was the case that uh i had demonstrated to myself that everything everything was valid and viable then it was like green light go you know what i mean like mining is like the ultimate long position like fuck leveraging like no one no one no one needs to be leveraged in bitcoin because of the volatility but like the underlying or the the asset which produces uh bitcoin the asset sure and the network capital b bitcoin uh are like a very stable form of value relative to that of bitcoin so so it, so yes yeah, not, not, not to cut you off no cut me off please uh, please, uh, please. So, so I, I, we should have backed it up a little bit, or I should have. Why don't you give a I ten thousand foot view of uh, mining for, you know, my mom and sisters and anybody else listening that doesn't, you know, a lot of I know a lot of Bitcoiners yeah. or you know newer Bitcoiners that you know that they've heard this thing mining, and but it it's just kind of a a black box or something yeah. that happens that they don't really understand. So yeah, and that's understandable. And and when pe- when people it's esoteric. It's complicated. All of Bitcoin is kind of a rabbit hole. And I think the most important thing with mining in order to understand it and to kind of like internally like understand and process the some of the negative takes that are out there about it um, is that it, it's a way of securing the asset, providing it cybersecurity through electricity and running it through this algorithm. It's a way of putting forward like a costliness that makes it expensive to forge. And so by having a physical requirement such as energy, electricity, the hardware, and the heat management, what that does is it it makes anyone who has to enter that space take like upfront CapEx costs and routine OpEx costs that puts them into a position in which they have to be a good actor in the system in order to be able to pay off both the depreciation of the capex and the operation cost. So pretty much it's expensive to do, it's expensive to start. It takes a while to lay out all of the space for these servers, you know. So all of a sudden you're in a position where to to maliciously mine is at a cost. It's at the cost of the upfront expense. It's at the, oh, what beautiful puppuses! Sorry, anyone. Uh, Ike is uh, hauling at something outside, but uh, sorry, continue. He's, he's, he's a sweetheart. Ike is a sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. And 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 so we, you find yourself in a position where, like, to be a bad actor as a miner, um, you need to work against your incentives. You need to work against your uh, like financial risk that you've put on the line. So essentially, like, it you, you put people in a position where all they can do is burn money to be a bad person. And when you have a system where people need to burn money to be a bad person, then you find people that are bad being put out of business faster than those that are good actors from the way that the system is set up. Cool. I, I, uh, so, so 
what, what let's get a little bit more into the nuts and bolts yeah. about uh, yeah it was a pretty abstract answer sure. that I gave right there it wasn't really the mechanics of it it was more of just like here's the game theory yep absolutely so uh, what what type of machines I mean can, can I take my Dell laptop yeah and uh, yeah. plug it in and, and am I gonna make uh, am I gonna start making Bitcoin um very small amounts <laughs> of Bitcoin yeah yeah so early earlier on like mining was way easier so people were able to use like regular computers laptops just any cpu that was available and then they found themselves in positions where they had like dedicated servers and graphics processors that were doing this sha 256 algorithm which is largely like a number guessing game um and so you you find yourself in a position where like all this you know additional computational power is building up um, nowadays you could like, if you have a graphics card, you can use something called nice hash, which is mm-hmm. like, uh, you created by like a, like a, like a cyber terrorist, cyber <laughs> criminal or something like that. Yeah. So it's a very reputable organization. Yeah, really. I, mean. <laughs> I mean, I use it. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, where you can essentially turn graphics processors into like a way of, of hashing Ethereum and selling that for Bitcoin which is kind of like a roundabout way of being bearish on Bitcoin. But, you know, like if you have a graphics processing unit on hand and you just want to find a way of monetizing it, you know, like that's a super accessible way of, of stepping into mining. So, so what, what, what percentage of, uh, of the network would you say is done on older, old school methods like that uh, oh, I, versus I mean, the like, ASIC machines? Like, like that? Oh, I'm pretty sure it's like all ASICs. I'm, I'm pretty sure right. at this point in time it's all ASICs. So, so, um, so what is an ASIC? Uh, it's a application uh, application specific integrated circuit. There yeah, you go. <laughs> it is a set of circuit boards that are designed to do one specific thing, and that's SHA two fifty six. It runs a bunch of numbers, and by that I mean it just poops out a bunch of numbers, and then it it like hands those numbers over to pool operators, and the pool operators are receiving a bunch of numbers, and they're pretty much playing this big lottery game of like hey, you know, I use this electricity to get this. Does this work? Is this what we're looking for? And then, you know, the pool operator is like, yay or nay. And if it's yay, then all of a sudden that pool operator raises it up and then they go out to the greater Bitcoin network and start informing people that they mined that block, which can lead <laughs> to kind of an advantage of the people who had just mined the most recent block because they have a very short duration in which they're... Uh, they are further ahead in the blockchain than anyone else is. <laughs> right on. Well, I guess maybe at the end we'll get more into the weeds about uh, the actual uh, mining of it. Yeah. So, so, so these ASICs. Yeah. Uh, what what do they cost? And, and and is this like is this something that somebody could do at home, or or is this like an industrial uh, setup? It's both, you know what I mean? Depending on price action of Bitcoin, depending on the amount of ASICs people run, you know, uh, you can very easily run some of the lower end ASICs that have been around for like five years, like the S9 S9, and all the different variations of that model that can run on like regular residential power. And you can, you can generate heat and bitcoin it's not like profitable but if you had to generate heat anyways then it's a nice way of being able to retain your purchasing power to have generated the heat for like a couple more years to come but yeah sure. yeah so, it, so 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 that that's kind of the uh you know the workhorse so so what is the cutting edge what what does a 
you know, the, the most efficient, the, the newest ASIC, what would that run me? Oh, yeah. and, and, and what, what would it produce? Yeah. I mean, so the, so the, the newest ASICs, uh, those are, I mean, right now released and what's like hashing, probably the newest is like the S19 Hydro, which is kind of like <laughs> a, a water cooled, it's like the S9, but two of them stacked on top of each other is the S9 to the S19. So the S19 Hydro is instead of like just using air, it uses water and air to pull heat off of its chips. Um, these things, the regular S19s, depending on like what processing power they have, they'd cost in between like 92, or sorry, uh, 9,200, 9,200 to like 13 thousand depending on where you're purchasing them from how fast they're going to get them delivered to you whether it's used or refurbished um yeah so you find yourself in a position where you you really do have to up up front a decent amount of capital to be able to purchase these machines and right now with the kind of like bearish or horizontal uh price action of bitcoin and (laughs) well come on and with the bullish the bullish uh hash rate everybody knows that bitcoin's dead now because it's been it's been like a month since uh an all-time high so it's over yeah and you know that's how it works we're just we're just uh talking about bitcoin for nostalgia because uh it's all all over but sorry i mean a lot of people like like talking about the u.s dollar and the u.s dollars at all-time lows so like i think I think like Bitcoin being low actually might be a good thing because if the dollar is low and that's good because you can print more of it. I don't know. Maybe maybe I just don't understand these things very well. It might be above my head. I'm just I'm just a regular person. Yeah, right on. Uh, so 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 like an S19. So what what let, let's say I just uh, happen or I, I buy one tomorrow i walk into best buy and buy yeah. one off the shelf right <laughs> best buy is pretty woke that's for sure uh so, so so if i get one tomorrow and i so i plug the thing in yeah uh what could i expect from the the cutting edge uh you know like would that produce um a bitcoin a day or would it be a half a bitcoin what what would it i or satoshis yeah what what are we talking it's always good to pull up like current um minor calculations like from nice hash or like brains insight like you can find out exactly the amount of money that any like piece of mining equipment would make at where you're at as long as you know your electric costs plus taxes plus um any additional like fees that are associated with your energy uh usually there's more of them than uh, we reckon and as soon as it like enters our cash flow basis then it's a problem or then it becomes like more mindful of it but like an s19 uh i'm just spitballing maybe at current like bitcoin price it's like 29 cents an hour that it generates or something like that or you know like 30 29 to 35 depending on like difficulty and what the price of bitcoin sure. is right now hell it could be a hundred thousand and i wouldn't even i wouldn't even know because i don't even look at price yeah uh, that's kind of a lie but most everybody time, looks but but the no one how relevant it is changes no yeah. person should spend their time unless they're a trader in which they're gonna lose money <laughs> well you could have a good methodology and you can make money like you can stack it so then that way you're gambling like you're the house sure um but the thing is is that most people get outperformed by like a monkey that blindly throws darts with like dollar <laughs> amounts with like st- two ticker symbols so so, so so the people that have listened to this a lot that they they'll that's why I, I always say my my method of investing is the gorilla yeah. method because I 
I'm no smarter than the gorilla, th- yeah. you know, throwing darts. Yeah. And that's why I'm such a proponent. If you're if you're just buying Bitcoin, just dollar cost average. And I, yeah. I do it daily. Anything. When you're buying anything dollar yes. cost average. Bitcoin just so happens to have outperformed any other form of asset that exists. But, you know, like when it comes to any company, dollar cost averaging, it gets rid of your regrets. It gets rid of your anxiety. It puts you in a position where it's just part of your regular habits. <laughs> if, and then you're but, out of a trader mindset. Yep. More than anything, getting rid of the anxiety of trying yeah. to time the top or, oh. you know, or... or Time the bottom, you know, buy buy the freaking dip, and it's like I don't even pay yeah. attention. Yeah, you're you're exactly averaging across the total price, the price of the asset for a long duration. You're just averaging it, and when when you're always just averaging, like nothing nothing really should stress you out. <laughs> nothing should stress you out when you're just averaging. Well, that that's a whole different topic for. And uh, mining is averaging into Bitcoin. Yeah, I suppose that's the same topic. Oh, and also the S nine right now is it's like six hundred. It's like five hundred and fifty to seven. 700 dependent on the quality um yeah so there was a point where they were like 20 bucks over the course of like the 2017 like (laughs) kind of like bear market for bitcoin after the last like maybe not the last maybe not even the time before last man i don't know i don't even remember when there was a time when mining bitcoin wasn't very profitable (laughs) and the s9s were still used well, th- th- was that like the the 80th time Bitcoin died, or was that maybe the 81st? Uh... Yeah, it's kind of like an Ouroboros. You know, it just keeps <laughs> eating its own tail, and I think that that's part of like the the organic nature of it. I, but I, I I I but but you're talking about like the daily cost averaging, and one of my favorite parts about Bitcoin yeah. is is how it changes your time preference, uh-huh. and you know. It's no longer about, you know, get into the stock, get out, you know, make the, the sick gains. Yeah, and the rat race anxiety. Exactly. And, and that's part of my biggest apprehension or, or what I cannot stand about shit coins is because that's that 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 is just brought that whole Wall Street mentality. Oh, yeah into you know the crypto world which i can't stand the word crypto either. yeah it should <laughs> nothing should allow itself to be referred to as crypto when it doesn't have hard cryptography <laughs> you know what i mean i mean when it's just an aws uh database basically <laughs> yeah, yeah held by uh, jeff bezos and the uh and um the world economic forum and so, so, ethereum so foundation right, right before you got here i don't know if i'm sure you've seen the show simply bitcoin yeah 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 i, I was I think, watching i think you might have been the person who suggested it in uh, the minneapolis bitcoin community that okay. resulted in me then watching it yeah I, well i i met the uh nico mm. uh, i met him in austin at the uh, fuck elon party mm. and uh I, I i was watching him before that but but they were just talking today on their daily fail about yeah about Solana and <laughs> you know it, it, what's so funny to me about Solana is, is I had a, a good friend come to me and be like well you know I'm hearing all this stuff about Solana this was about six months ago yeah and and I gave him the same answer that I give everybody I'm like it's shit it's gonna go to zero <laughs> and so now they, they just did this big uh big thing today about innovation reveal uh no 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 oh uh, simply bitcoin simply, simply bitcoin, bitcoin on, did, on uh, about the fail yeah what was about, the fail? where where they're being there the whole network is spammed and they can't get transactions through because mm. you know anyways and i'm like well so just, they had their their servers go down or what happened they're, they're getting spammed with microtransactions okay so and, and so the, the basically the, the whole network is unusable the, not no transactions are getting through because bots are just spamming it because of the low transaction cost that's my understanding of mm, it, so mm. interesting interesting so as so it sounds like increasing the fees for transfer would be the solution 
to that problem for Solano. Right. But wait, didn't I thought the reason for why they made it cheap to transfer was so then that way they could have like liquid like paint form of payment, wasn't that? I you know what? Man, so there wait, is it the is it the Joe Fi, is it the case that their liquid form of payment <laughs> is causing them a pain point in their asset? Is yes, what? yes. Oh, it, okay. Uh, yeah, and, and last week I, okay. I went on a rant about uh, shitcoins, and I, I try not to talk about shitcoins, but sometimes it's just too, so it's too always, hard not it's to. It's always good to talk about good things, and it's it's less <laughs> great to talk about bad things when they're being bad. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you caught it, but I actually got a direct mail in my mailbox, really? a, a letter telling me to buy hex. Whether wait, I caught it. What's that? Whether wait. So how'd they get your address? That's my that, that you don't have to explain that you don't have to dox yourself on no, your, no, no, your I, I, radio I, podcast. I, 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 no, no. I, and I talked about this last week, but mm. I, I, I think that they got it from a stolen list. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm almost positive because I've, the only thing I've ever used my home address, cause I've got a post office box too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. and the only thing I've ever used my home address for when it comes to Bitcoin or anything crypto, uh, the, the is uh, when I've had when I've had to uh, KYC myself. Yeah, which that's a whole nother topic. But where KYC doesn't what? protect anybody. I mean, it does make sense <laughs> that you had your address stolen because you KYC'd. You know what I mean? Like yeah, right, like that. that, that that's it, all it does is create the honeypot for the criminals. Yeah, well. it doesn't protect us from criminals. Yeah, it just uh, creates the honeypot for uh, Richard Hart to steal and send me letters. <laughs> <laughs> Can't prove any of that. Don't sue me. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. We recognize that that was being said ironically and should not be taken as a literal <laughs> statement towards that person. It's not financial advice. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Invest it all in Bitcoin. Yeah, no, yeah. no, but, but uh, back to mining. Yeah. So, so like uh, you mentioned it before. To tell us a little bit about what the China ban was uh, for you know oh, yeah. for those of us you know the Bitcoiners that aren't up to speed. Totally. Well, I mean, I'd be surprised if the Bitcoiners weren't. I would hope that they are. Mining is very <laughs> important for them specifically. But the China ban was largely a way of stopping um, like Chinese nationals from being able to divest from their like inflationary currency it, it's very similar to how in like north vancouver and vancouver there's like large portions of the real estate market is purchased by chinese nationals that are trying to like hedge <laughs> their money away from being seized by the communist party um and so there's like this interesting dynamic in between the local and like federal level of china it, they don't operate that way they have their own terms i'm not very knowledgeable about the government itself the chinese ccp don't don't throw me in the Uyghur camps. Um, so they're in a position where, like, the locales, they need to generate energy. They have these big, you know, hydro dams. They have this, like, coal. They have this abundant energy. But they don't really have the infrastructure to be able to, like, send it out. So these miners were divesting from the Chinese currency as a way of having, like, political sovereignty. And then the locales were using the mining as a way of being able to develop out um, like grid infrastructure to be able to distribute power to further away locations. Um, but the, the very like sovereign nature of Bitcoin became a political subject. Um, and largely I would see as part of the CCP maintaining hegemonic order uh, uh, within their culture and within their space. And, and it kind of makes sense because it's also coming up on like this whole, like, you know, Olympics thing slash like <laughs> also this, um, 
a new like 20th it was like the anniversary of the Chinese Communist Party like just recently came up or is coming up and and so they're doing kind of like a cultural conservative like crunch so what that meant is all of a sudden the hash rate went down for the Bitcoin network because all these people needed to unplug of which now they are now it is a dissident thing within China in which it sounds like a decent amount of people and individuals are still mining, but they're mining in a more decentralized way. Um, you know, when it's the case that the locales have a financial incentive and the people have a financial incentive in these energy companies being able to make like good income from the miners and the federal government isn't supporting it, then that just kind of creates an environment in which dissidency just breeds itself. The incentives are there for it. <laughs> and so everyone else is getting the surplus of that hardware and Bitcoin is being more profitable to mine because there's less people mining it in total. It's kind of like a, like an ecosystem, like energy type of like barrier where the population kind of like adjusts up and down uh, dependent on like resources and breeding. But it goes to like this homeostasis of just like this generally consistent upwards bounds. And then if it's the case that more mining happens, then profitability decreases, people have to pull back, you know, people have to go to cheaper energy. So it's kind of like this consistent dynamic shift. And this was a purging of hash rate, and it brought that hash to weaker countries like Kazakhstan that don't really have very strong property <laughs> rights, but we're just kind of close and have a relatively abundant energy. Um, geopolitically, Kazakhstan's not very strong, and so... You know, like some Bitcoiners are like, oh, all hash rate is created equal. It's like, no, it's weak, insecure hash rate that's ready to be, you know, centralized under someone. It's not really secure. So 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 basically what you're saying is, is that the more centralized they were, the more centralized the miners in China were, the more likely they were to be shut down. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, especially under the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But even when, you know, like 61% of the, the like Bitcoin hash rate was coming out of China, the incentives are that they, there was no 51% attack. There was not even a violent response to the miners. Like they were able to largely leave with their property. <laughs> like, granted, you don't really get accurate news from China, right. but, you know, we're not hearing stories about miners being dragged out into the streets and shot dead and their, their assets destroyed. So, so at least they were treated better than drug dealers. The yeah yeah and <laughs> and poor people and you know minorities or Uyghurs and, or, Uyghurs yeah, and right yeah yeah so 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 a lot of so, so a lot of the machines now have been dispersed because of this right and x amount where x is greater or less than 100 percent and more than zero percent right okay yeah but so, so we don't know exactly yeah. what, what would you guess i mean and what would would you say um, you know of of that that left what percentage would you say came to the United States versus Kazakhstan? I mean, where, where would you say most of it landed? I mean, there, I, so there's no way to know. But what I would say is that there's either they had a lot in inventory or that just like wasn't being used. And so like they just had very little rack space. Either that or they just had like a super abundant of chrome and like hash machines that were just sitting in places that weren't being used because of just an abundance no one else heard of. But like the the... The price of the mining equipment, even with all of these like 100, 200 megawatt purchases, are just staying pretty stable. So it's like I don't really think that there's too much of a too much of like a supply shock over time. It's still like allocating itself out. 
Um, so I think it's a pretty consistent churn, wherein overall it's probably a net exodus of, you know, maybe up to like half of the hash rate. Um, but that's really just spitballing because there's no real no real way to know. So, so for sure. So so that that was the existing inventory of miners. You know that 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 the CCPs, yeah, that that the yeah. CCP said you know unplug them, get them out of here. Yeah. Uh, but aren't the ASICs, you know, the cutting yeah. edge, the newer ones, the stuff rolling, the brand new ones? Aren't those made in China as well? And has that been affected? Um, Taiwan, Taiwan. I mean, there's a bunch of chip manufacturing out of uh, TSM and. There's another one, but its its uh, name is I'm completely blanking on. I don't believe that there's any manufacturing that's done in China for ASIC machines. There's a lot of uh, like component parts that are made in China, um, because I've certainly ordered component parts that have been <laughs> manufactured from China. Um, however, yeah, the, it has affected supply uh, quite a bit, and for those that aren't are listening i we're back again for those that are watching i i've broken continuity and i've swapped into some other clothes i, I appreciate very much for joe fight's flexibility and and me disrupting his media production in that way we're, we were just talking about um the production of asics yeah so, it, so bitmain is no longer made in china uh, no my so i apologize i'm not very knowledgeable uh on this right now okay like it, it's my understanding that like Bitmain and Antminer are the hardware parts are sourced. Let's 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 consult the <laughs> let's consult the internet right now. The, the all-knowing Google. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of their a lot of their parts and manufacturing are out of China. For like, not the chips. The chips are out of out of Taiwan and out of uh, another chip manufacturing area in there. Uh, this whole like rhetoric and discussion about. Um, about Taiwan and the Chinese threat to it is yeah. pretty uh it is like a source of fud that I think is relatively valid um but you know I, I think the Chinese are probably they're probably concerned about the military threat of the US they should be <laughs> um because you know if it's like a 6 hour boat ride from you know Chinese mainland over to Taiwan and that 6 hours of hellfire missiles striking down <laughs> on all their troop carriers from the you know US military so like the likelihood and also like you know if if Taiwan went down then all of like non I don't know what the current alliances would be considered but all of America's um all of America's vassal states and like kind of uh aligned interests would entirely be threatened if if taiwan was to be permitted to be like let let loose right japan right. would be like oh we don't have a we don't have a military and china's right there and there was this whole rape of nanking thing that happened i bet they're <laughs> probably still upset about that china in this is my opinion china is still upset about the opium war yeah, and and I don't I, I would be I don't think it's a, <laughs> I would be <laughs> I don't think it's an I don't think it's a I do not think it's a mistake that they're they're the ones that are shipping the fentanyl. Oh yeah, uh, by the boat load or oh, yeah. truck load, what whatever load fentanyl comes in, right? Yeah, and it it's not it's not a coincidence that China is now exporting opium back to 
the West. Yeah, you know, you don't hear politicians other than like Trump talk about that, and that's very unfortunate. Because <laughs> like I don't, right. I don't particularly have very many people I like in politics, but like when I hear people talk about that, it's like, damn, it's hard for me to not like that that line. Right. You know what I mean? It's like China is manufacturing this thing that is like, you know, like COVID's bad. Don't get me wrong. Any life lost is bad. But like if you compare the amount of deaths to each other, it's like. You know, suicide and drug overdose. Just overdose on opium was yeah. over a hundred thousand last yeah. year. Way more than COVID. So, so you know, so, are, are we taking like the war on COVID, the war on terror, to the war on the Sacklers? Are yeah. we taking this to the war on opiates? <laughs> it's like, well, I mean, who could really make money from? The, the, the Sorry, sac- I'm, the I'm sac- ranting here. We're we're here to talk about mining and. Uh, no, no, I hey, t- trust me, I I I'm right there with you because the talking about the Sacklers. They were just the uh, they were just the people that got the party started. Oh yeah, and, and, and now now you've got the CCP saying, uh, "Hey, send them as much fentanyl as we can make." It's it's a, it's, it's a free market. It's a free market. <laughs> but but you know, in in my uh, Alex Jones brain, yeah, I I don't think it's a coincidence that that they that they are pumping out opium. Mm-hmm. And and sending it back to mm-hmm. the United States and to the West, I I don't think that's a coincidence. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, so, so it, talking it, about the it, rape of Nanking, yeah. yes, they're still pissed about <laughs> Japan. <laughs> I would be too. I would be too. Similar to slavery. If I, if I, 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 you know, like I'm still like upset at the Romans for fucking up my people. You know, like that many generations ago. Like people have a right to the things that they're pissed off about. You know what I mean? Right on. Um, now, but but uh, so so China is a risk. A, ha, yeah. Have you have speak or the, so? And they do out of Beijing. They manufacture. That's where uh, a Bitmain's out sure. of. Sure. So it's it's like, you know, Bitmain has. I mean, fucking has like they're they're making like the S nineteen hydro. They're making the S nineteen XP. Like they just did like a mining conference out of like uh, Dubai, Saudi Arabia, not like in the last couple of months ago. Like the company, so it's like it's it's kind of surprising that they would be permitted to do business if it was the case. Like they must be paying the right people in China, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of weird. It's like, well, we're selling the mining picks, and we're going to be a centralized source of selling the mining picks. However, you can't mine here. That all is kind of just like a little bit weird. You would think that if the CCP really like didn't like Bitcoin, then they would have, you know, shot and killed and stole all of that mining <laughs> right. equipment and then plugged it in just to double spend the network. And then you would think that they would have shut down the production of Antminer Bitmain hardware because then that way they would be guaranteed to have like the control over the vast supply of Bitcoin miners and then be able to d- double spend and defraud the network until Bitcoin itself right. is entirely worthless. Right. Right. It, it, that, 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 that they actually, could have done that and they didn't do that. Right. And not now the network as a whole, the Bitcoin network as a whole should be theoretically more robust because it is more decentralized now. Well, mm, no, I, I mean, it's like Western countries, you know what I mean? Uh, right. You have you have all of these like uh, US companies that are starting up and you know what do they need? It's like cheap renewable power. It's like well what is the army corps engineer of engineers have a lot of? It's like they have a lot of hydroelectric dams. <laughs> it's like all right, well, you know, yeah, it's decentralized from the Chinese Communist Party. It's like well, mm, I mean some amount has 
we don't but, know but how it, much. isn't isn't that the bull case kind of uh, of bitcoin in general though yeah. is that that it, it'll always find w- yeah w- where, where it's wanted and yeah and it, it kind of just plays on the fact that the, yeah. you'll never have a one world government that can say shut it down now yeah it'll always kind of well the mo- like water find the path the more that the more that zombie corporations get put forward that are like publicly traded mining companies that are pretty much like paid for and complicit within whatever empire they find themselves in like it's those type of corporations that one has to be worried about when it comes to centralization of hash rate cuz like if all of a sudden you know the US government starts quantitative easing into x mining company and x mining company essentially becomes like a representative of the state then they're also <laughs> likely to be able to not be an honest actor inside Bitcoin and use Bitcoin as like use set up like a whitelist setup where like you need to be authorized in your wallet to be able to use them as a mining pool. Sure. So like, you know, you have the Army Corps of Engineers, like very well the neoliberal like Malthusian um like Clintonites and people like that are gonna be like, yeah, we need to shut this whole thing down. Like you know, you security guards, like all those mining companies that are there, just seize those servers. You know, we're the captain now. We're the captain <laughs> of this mining ship. Um, and then, you know, all of a sudden, all of like U.S. hash rate that is on those types of systems is immediately seized. Like with wind and solar, there's more of a separation from like the 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 U.S. state and U.S. energy companies, U.S. military to the mining operation, but like. Ultimately, like all miners want to do is just get closer to the people who produce the energy and to work with them on balancing the grit. So, 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 so when we talk about these decentralized miners, though, yeah, don't, don't they all just feed into uh, a small number of pools and then kind of explain to pe- the people what a pool, what a mining pool is? Totally. So, uh, a mining pool is like an association of miners that all. Um, want to like pile their resources together and help try to solve the problem. Um, so a mining pool is a way of like you have a central, or maybe not central, but you have some type of like organizer that divvies out the rewards of what gets mined, and everyone gets paid out proportionate to the hash rate that they put forward. And so uh, it's essentially a way of like averaging the randomness in order to receive some format of an income from blocks mined, as compared to like oh. Not one of my machines mined this block, and so I don't get any Bitcoin right. when a block is mined. So, so, so would that that's what you would call solo mining, though, right? Yeah, solo mining would be to work on your own blocks with your own with your, yeah with your own hardware. Sure. Yeah. But but and you'd have to set up your own pool. There are some pools that allow you to solo mine. Um, I'm not very knowledgeable in them. I don't like gambling. <laughs> like I like the consistent fixed income nature of it. And well, I, I was going to ask you, I, I, did you read about or hear about the the three blocks yeah. that were mined by quote unquote solo miners? Yeah. But but yeah, two of them were from the same pool, which was a pool that allows you to solo mine. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Or actually, I think all three were from the same one. Yeah. But I, mean, I, yeah. It, I mean, it makes sense. Like if there's only one pool that allows you to solo mine and people are putting up their servers to do that, some <laughs> amount of them will come up. You know what I mean? Like so, just because it's random and unlikely doesn't mean it won't happen. So, so here, here's a question for you: in in your machines, yeah, you know, I I, I know in brains that it'll tell you if that machine has uh, hit a block. Yeah, have you ever hit a block ever? 
I don't think so. Uh, well, the, the thing is, is that you have to go like, hmm, there's probably a better way of finding this out. Um, I haven't, I don't have any form of like API connection to them. Like I know how to like remote server manage them and I know how to like log into the web sure. interface. Well, not web, but the LAN, like the IP address and yeah. check out that GUI. But um, I have not seen a well, I guess you'd have to drill mined. down to in every worker then, right? Precisely. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And so I haven't necessarily like checked, checked, but if I did get one, then I, you know, I'd I don't know. I'd do something special for it. Like, I don't know what something special for like a server is, but like, yeah, I, I'll take that machine out and I'll give it an extra can of air <laughs> to yeah. clean it. Yeah, good miner. Good maybe miner. I'll give it like a decal that will allow it to like stick while it's in immersion. Or, or it could be like the football helmets where they give them stickers for good plays. You know? Yeah, you yeah, could... yeah, yeah. Just as long as that sticker <laughs> adhesive doesn't turn into like goop and get caught up in the liquid immersion system. <laughs> uh, it, we're gonna we're gonna get to liquid. I've got questions about that too. But oh, uh, yeah. uh, okay. Well, you know. I, I don't know how how in the weeds we are now or not. You know, if we're, we've probably lost a lot of the uh, the newbies. But uh, uh, be, before I forget, too, the, what is the block reward and like how much is that worth? I don't think we've actually told. Like six point three five Bitcoin, which is like two hundred and forty thousand dollars, I think. So, so that and, and there's that a, there's a it, block mined out like every ten minutes. Okay. So. so, so there is an incentive dollar wise to, yeah. uh, yeah, there's a lot of money in, in mining Bitcoin. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the incentive is, is being able to process the block and get the block rewards that are diminishing every four years, every four years it halves. So in 2024, we're down to, um, we're down to just like three point, whatever, three point something amount one one two, two five something yeah, yeah one three and eh, one seven somewhere around there so and like the transaction fees though they don't really increase that much because i mean you know all of this like like second layer all this like lightning network stuff sure. all the additional stuff that's built out on bitcoin that makes it like more efficient or like helps um helps move transactionally yeah tra- help transactionally like separate some processing power from main chain bitcoin yep and this might also be like weedy and confusing to newer people <laughs> but um trust me it is to me too so you're not you're not you're not you're you're very normal that's very understandable and the rabbit hole has no bottom so yeah, yeah. The, the more you know the less you know yeah it, it definitely is the type of thing where you just apply yourself within one specific space and then <laughs> and then you like cultivate a knowledge base in and around that and spread it to other things yeah exactly then, then once you get it, think you've got a handle on that yeah then you go after the next shiny thing that's, yeah uh, <laughs> that, that's kind of my bitcoin journey it's like oh shiny thing <laughs> i want to be a miner <laughs> yeah yeah it 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 mining on a residential level if it's the case that you're doing like you know because like residential electric is the most expensive electric that there is because like generally if it's residential then it's more urban and more urban you have to transport energy further because most energy is generated rurally or, or in like a suburb and so you're in a position where you're paying like a higher amount and so you have to like use the whole you know the whole buffalo like a little bit smarter you know what i mean like right it's waste it's heat needs to be used as an abundance and so but, you need to leverage that in a way where you're making like all of the value out of the process of mining are there other advantages of mining other than the heat and you know and the i guess the the money or the bitcoin that you're gaining is there any other advantages like uh 
uh, I mean, KYC is what comes to my mind yeah, right yeah. right off the bat. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the KYC subject is interesting. That's know your customer. So essentially, when you mine Bitcoin, it, it's, it's just like noted that it doesn't have any transactions on that uh, on that portion of Bitcoin that you mined. So what that means is everyone who receives that coin from you will know that that coin is coming from a miner because of how fresh it is. <laughs> And, and because it doesn't have a history. And so the lack of a history becomes a history. And so, like, yeah, it's non-KYC, but it's also, like, you hand that over to someone. It's, like, any person who saw that is going to see that it came from someone who is a minor. And so when it comes to, like, a true information standpoint, I think, like, Whirlpool, Whirlpool or some variation of that wherein you, like, anonymize and quantumize your your bitcoin sure that's like really the only way to create kind of like a neutral information backdrop for your coin so so that that, that kind of uh so even though if i if i understand you right even though the coin that you're spending let, let's say you mined it has no history yeah what i hear you saying or if i understand you right it's that is the history so yeah, yeah. So, so at the end of the day yeah the irs or whatever state tax man is yeah. still gonna say they see right off coinbase that it's like this person's a minor it's like okay well let's go talk to them right. about whether they're so, so, whether so they're reporting their income which right, they should right right it's we, taxable income right that, that that was my next question here is is what how is this how is mining bitcoin treated versus just the Joe Blow, Joe Fi that buys it from Coinbase. Yeah, which I don't. But uh, and, <laughs> just and you shouldn't. I don't buy from Bit or I don't buy from Coinbase. Yeah. Uh, but so how is that? How is mining Bitcoin treated versus investing in Bitcoin? Uh, uh, as far as taxes go, oh, I it's, mean it's way more complicated. <laughs> it's way more complicated, and that's why I'm grateful that the IRS's general policy of just like if you do your due diligence and like demonstrate all of the income that you earned, it's like you know they'll they'll be considerate and, and conscientious. It's it's a very complicated space, and I'm very grateful for unless you run a follow them politically. Uh, run, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, that, I, that's kind of how politics works, unfortunately. Yeah. So, so um, but but so, so how is it? Oh yeah, how is how's it actually? Tax? So yeah, I mean, any amount of the income is reported, and then it's it's confusing. It essentially like so it's fungible. So it you know you can like exchange Bitcoin. And, like one Bitcoin is pretty much as good as another Bitcoin. You know, like mm -hmm. there's a history with the Bitcoin that you can kind of see, and so that kind of makes it a little bit more non fungible. But like the way that the IRS wants you to treat it is like you have to like you get like you know half a Bitcoin, which is a lot of money. Uh, you have to you get that half a Bitcoin. And it's like all right, I got that half a Bitcoin. At this dollar amount, that's my income, and then I need to pay. I need to <laughs> deduct the electricity cost from that. I need to deduct the depreciating capex of the mining equipment and all the infrastructure around it, and then I need to, you know, have that as my like actual net income. And then when I sell, then I need to tie the sale to the mining of this half a bitcoin. And then I need to be able to determine, you know, like if it's more, you have to pay taxes. If it's less, or if it's more, you have to record that as additional income. If it's less, then that counts as a business deduction. So you're kind of in this position where it's like this weird, it's this weird state where like every Satoshi, well, not every Satoshi, but like functionally every payment out of your pool, you need to consider as like its own taxable event. And somehow you need to be able to tie that, that, 
single increment of Bitcoin that came out of that transaction to when you spent it. And with, with a fungible asset, that's impossible. And so that's so do, do they that's do it how it's a... recorded. And I'm communicating that it's that it's ridiculous. And any like any large industrial miner will make it seem very simple and will make it seem as if they're not like cultivating like a story that they hand to the IRS and they're like, please don't kill me. It's like, <laughs> it's like I'm doing my best. So, 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 so theoretically, though, if if uh, if the IRS pushed it, you'd have to be able to trace it down to the block that you actually mined it on. Oh, yeah. So so, yeah. so you need 10 minute accounting. Uh, well, the, the accounting well, has to be able to trace because because theoretically, maybe, yeah. if you mined a block at thirty five thousand yeah. dollars, and so let's say you were just mining full blocks, yeah. right? Yeah, I, uh, I'm, yeah. If you were your own pool as well, because like I do slush pool, so I, I have kind of like slush pool like holds the Bitcoin that I mine, and then it incrementally pays me out like on a on a weekly basis. So, so, so then for the accounting, you you just. Uh, it's when you actually take possession of the Bitcoin is when you account for it. That is the way that I am perceiving yeah. its structure for me because that's like the closest thing to a documentation that, sure, I, sure, that sure. I receive from this. Do, do, do you system. have any idea how, how uh, like Riot or some of the, the massive uh, industrial uh, miners do it? Or yeah, I'd I, love I, to talk to them about that. That would be, I would be very interested. In hey, if you're listening, you're welcome to come on the show and yeah. uh, <laughs> hang out, chit chat, talk about mining, talk about Bitcoin, taxes, Bitcoin, taxes. mining. It's all very interesting. Right on. And, okay. And well, well, I mean, so so basically, it's a fucking mess. It's a it's it's not simple. It's not the most complicated, but it is sure. not the most simple. To to um. To act with confidence in the reporting element is to really, like, do good corporate morale work. You know what I mean? Like, the whole thing is just largely infeasible um, and could probably create, like, its own, like, sets of jobs within an organization <laughs> just to account for uh, compliance with that specifically. Accountants and lawyers—they are the least productive people in the economy. But uh, yeah, now whatever, whatever mining pool or like whatever, whatever integrated Bitcoin like mining system that allows that like manages that type of accounting would be pretty valuable, and, and that probably exists out there somewhere. Oh, I'm sure. Similar to like a like a Bitcoin based QuickBooks. bank, <laughs> yeah, like a Bitcoin QuickBooks, right? Um, that allows you to be able to like. Yeah, run a whole like Bitcoin-based business. That, you know, that'd be interesting because it's all downloadable data, right? Oh yeah. And and so so it's almost like you could run a QuickBooks and be like, "This was my mining address," and blah blah blah, boom. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, that makes sense from like an integration of Bitcoin within the system. Um, I think a lot of people that are like, you know, anti KYC would be like, "Oh wait, I'm giving my public key out to this corporation that will then surveil me." It's like, well, <laughs> right. they're also helping you manage your accounting. So, right. and, and, and welcome to uh, the United States 2022, right? Uh, yeah, everybody's surveilling everything. So, yeah, it's a. Uh, sometimes I always feel like you're almost better off being lost in the crowd. 
than, than trying to go the uh, the other route of uh, of like caring about your cybersecurity. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. Although that that I, that is one of my New Year's resolutions as I'm trying trying to de-googlefy mm. my life. So mm. that, that's well, understandable. I'm I'm slowly doing it by moving away to more inferior uh, search <laughs> engines such as DuckDuckGo. I, you know, don't get me wrong. I like DuckDuckGo because you know the whole like open source open source ish and it's like yeah. open privacy element and it's like you know I I I've IP been stuff, I've been trying but... the Brave search yeah. Yeah. And you know, Brave the Brave browser I've been a fan of. I, I yeah, don't I, like the shitcoin, but uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I use Brave too, and that's my thing. Is it's like yeah, the basic attention token. It's like, okay, all right, uh why can't I just use lightning for this? <laughs> why does it need to be money? That's why, uh Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just just pay pay me in Satoshis and well, that'd be even better. I, I I feel like that's like the progressive gamification of life. You know what I mean? Like the it's it's a way of like creating some form of protein pill that you're putting in front of people. <laughs> but it has kind of like a placebo effect on it as a protein pill because it's a variable it's a variable reward because you don't know whether you're you're obtaining something that actually will be valuable to you or whether it will be just like yet another like um meaningless pump and dump uh chuck and cheese chuck chucky cheese token <laughs> i think that's better because you're receiving it for doing something and it kind of implies that you didn't have to buy it right the chucky well, e. chucky cheese you need to you need to hit the ski ball to get yeah. the, t- the tickets right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no i if brave brave would be so much better, in my opinion, if they just paid in Satoshis. It would, uh, e- even if it was uh, yes. a quarter of what whatever their shitcoin is worth. I mean, they'd probably save a decent amount on like software development by integrating like an open source like software like payment layer yep. solution like the Bitcoin network over like needing to dedicate the amount of like mental labor to create financialized tokens. Like that's the thing. It's like this this whole like you know easy cheap money low interest rate environment. It, it creates zombie corporations and it, it creates misallocation of capital. It creates the burning of capital. It creates this uh, environment where people that are otherwise very intelligent are doing things that like you know how many how many new fighter jets do we do we need? How many <laughs> new bombs need to be developed? Like where where. What are we getting as an outcome for this quantitative easing system that we have currently? Who's benefiting from it? And, like, is this industrial complex, is this being applied in a way that actually provides well-being to the human species? Well, it's it's, a... The, the industrial military complex, which I don't want to go to, I, I could go off on that tangent for a long time here. Yeah, well, let's focus <laughs> but, on its intersection with, like, Bitcoin mining. Right, okay, well... Yeah, I I, I I just always uh, well, you were asking who who makes the money or or where does it all go? It's all going to Raytheon, yeah, and it's all going to the suburbs of Washington D.C. Yeah, and every engineer and software developer that works inside one of those companies, right? Yeah, absolutely. And but uh, and, and and they act as if they provide some value to society, but the value <laughs> that they are being provided is that which is stolen from other people, right? Or destroyed. Yeah, stolen, exactly, at the end of the day, stolen. Stolen from other people and then destroyed by creating and monetizing the creation of weapons instead of the creation of energy, the creation of food, the creation of homes. That, that, that was that was one of my uh, one of my favorite memes of all time. It said, uh, it, said uh, it was a video of, uh, I'll, I'll pop it up for anybody watching the video here. Yeah. But uh, it was mining Bitcoin and it just racks and racks, you know, just slowly moving shots of just the computer's. Yeah 
humming, you know, just yeah. doing their thing. And then it said mining fiat. And it's like Nagasaki, Hiroshima, and just like, yeah. you know, Japanese My- people boiling inside rivers. Yeah, you know, mining like- fiat, it was jets and bombs blowing up. Yeah, and, and Gaddafi, <laughs> uh, Saddam Hussein, yeah. weapons of mass destruction. You know what I mean? The entire Mideast conflicts as we secure fuel and oil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I... Uh, I, I I forgot where I was going before. And, and the U.S. could mine fiat using its military force and its system to protect renewable energy resources and nuclear power and develop out its infrastructure grid, create cheap, abundant energy, uh, demonetize housing by increasing you know interest rates and getting like companies like BlackRock and <laughs> what other whatever all like, of them yeah. yeah all of them from being able to use public to use quantitatively ease money to purchase houses for like one point five Larry times. Fink doesn't have your best interest at heart. Mm, I don't think many people have my best interest in heart, and Larry Fink would probably be one of them. Um. Yeah, you know, like, it's so, like, so, where is this quantitative easing going? It's like, where is this military-industrial complex going? It's securing our it's securing our money, but, like, if it was the case that, like, this was to be applied to the U.S. hegemony, it would be an establishment of high-quality renewable power cybersecurity across our nation. Like, you know, our, our military-industrial complex can be turned into a collaborative element where our where our power is that of our security and that of our prosperity and abundance. Right. But that, 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 that is an optimistic take on, you know, where things could it's go. It's definitely not zero sum. Yeah. But, uh, so, so, so I, I've got a good friend. Uh, hey Tim, if you're listening, hey, Tim. That, that always says, you know, be, before, before the, the state, before the, the industrial military complex, yeah. deep state, who are, whatever you want to call them before they'll let Bitcoin take over, they're going to roll tanks. And so on, on whom on the people, on, on the people. you, on me, on, on, uh, everybody listening. Right. Yeah. So, so it kind of goes into the seizing of servers and mining. That, equipment that, that's where my, I want to go. So, for so my bearishness of working at a hydro dam. Right. So, so if, if they use the fiat money printer or the quantitative easing, right. To try to be, because, because before when you were talking about how Bitcoin is secured by the miners, right. Yeah. Uh, what if you had a miner that didn't care if they operated at a loss for any period of time, and the only person that could do that for a sustained period of time yeah, would a, be a someone, state, yeah, like that, the U.S. That could government, print the money, that it, yeah, yeah, and, and not care about the loss, yeah, yeah, like the U.S. government could just print money to pay electric bills that are just there to destroy the Bitcoin network, but mm-hmm. I mean, I don't really think that they're financially incentivized in that, and. Like SHA, the encryption algorithm was originally created as like a U.S. military like weapon system. So like the likelihood that you know Satoshi Nakamoto happens to be like you know the CIA or NSA as a way of like <laughs> creating secure property rights, uh, slash like maintaining U.S. hegemony is like that's on the table. You know what I mean? Like the U.S. benefits the most from Bitcoin being integrated. So. I would like to. I would like to think that the the whole incentive structure is uh, sturdy enough for uh, sturdy enough for uh, avoiding that. But however, you know, like we'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell on how the incentives are structured for this, and uh, and who does what with what money at what loss in order to do what actions. Right. Okay. Uh, I. It, it. The Chinese Communist Party didn't do it. Is the U.S. government worse than the Chinese Communist Party? 
<laughs> I think it's a hard. I think it's a hard no. Yeah. I think it's a hard no. As critical as I am of the U.S. government, like you know, I I think that they try to do the best job that they can with the context that they find themselves in, and the, the system's kind of like a big beast and machine, and it churns people in and destroys people's innocence and makes them prostitute themselves, corporations, <laughs> and the money printers. But like overall, I presume that they all have you know good intent to some degree. And, and I, CCP as well, but, you know, their good intent um, precludes the genetic extermination of people within their society. And that is kind of like a deontological, like, by its very nature is kind of like morally abhorrent and, and bad, I would presume. <laughs> I don't know. Like, we all we all received the, I, I the think, school lesson about World War II. Right? I, I, I think... I think uh uh genocide or extermination of races of people everyone can agree is bad there's no doubt about that i yeah yeah i would i would hope so 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 yes i and and i i can sit here and talk all day about about how bad the us is about a, on a on a whole host of things but it doesn't even enter the same realm as the ccp yeah our it, our, our patriotism is to hold their government accountable it is it is not to uh uh, you know, it's not necessarily the same type of response that would be had to the CCP. Right. It, my, my favorite, one of my favorite sayings is, you know, the United States is the worst form of government except all the rest. Yeah. It's like democracy, really. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Or what we think is a democracy right, right now. Well, yeah. I, which is, uh, yeah, the United States, like I said, it's the worst form of government except all the rest. Yeah, and and, and that's uh, that's important. And you know what? And and I think COVID, at least for me, has shown the the uh, the genius of a, the republic type of system that we mm -hmm. have mm -hmm. in the fact that you see how many people are moving states now. Yeah, and yeah. you know, being here in Minnesota, I've thought long and hard about. Uh, <laughs> to hitting the bricks sometimes too you know but yeah states rights are important uh but but the right to move and and, yeah. and have have different uh different experiments in in government uh you know 50 different ways under uh under one flag is pretty neat yeah i would agree the the idea of like consenting to the rules that you live by um i think that's pretty healthy i think that's good i think it's good to be grateful at the place that you live in the community that, that you live in uh, and when it's the case that people don't feel like they're being served by through by where they live or the nation that they're in is, you know, they they are best to, you know, do what they can do within their their realm of control in order to change that. So then that way they can they can feel grateful, they can feel cultivated and they can feel accepted, loved and appreciated by the area that they're in. And right. when it's the case that you have either like I think most people's discomfort with government is usually like anxiety about it's like control over them you know what i mean like mm -hmm. you have like the left concerns of authoritarianism being like control over <laughs> um bodily freedom bodily autonomy morphological <laughs> freedom you have people limiting that, that's where they were two years ago no oh, yeah 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 yeah, yeah whatever. Well, i mean you know maybe those subjects come up nowadays but like now you have um this whole like parasitic stress response from covid um, and you have like a rise of authoritarianism as a result of that parasite stress response. Yep. Um, which which creates a lot of histrionic and neurotic uh, responses across the entire society, which are like valid and understandable. And those exist in in every different part of 
our world and not it's not like a political thing right like you know it's and it's also not to to dismiss the emotions and the experiences of people that have had you know crazy shit like possess them and make them go do something that otherwise wasn't really in their to-do list when they thought about like the next year and what it included <laughs> on them right on i uh, yeah it, it it is interesting but uh talking about states or or states as in na- nation states right yeah uh, i w- what are your thoughts on on you know i let i mean people that listen to this know and i i've you know you know this mm-hmm. about me too i'm a big max kaiser fan yeah. and max always talks about the hash wars and yeah. the, the coming hash wars where the nation states oh yeah will be the miners yeah yeah 100 uh, percent and because the nation states are just so close to energy production anyways sure it's it's a very easy like fusion add in into what they're already doing quite honestly so so, so do, do you see a uh, scenario where i mean and and we've we already are seeing this in the fact that el salvador is talking about uh the geothermal mm-hmm. out of the, the mm-hmm. volcanoes moving and... away from the imf yeah yep yeah B- bitcoin is like a call to mutualism it's it's a call to like individual and like communal sovereignty you know like the the state the state of wyoming texas florida um any any state that really like integrates bitcoin into their economy is a state that has been liberated from the protein pill of <laughs> central banking right so they they put themselves in a position where they're able to secede and still be financially solvent because they're no longer receiving the money printer, you know, if they were to secede. Not that I advocate for that. Um, I would advocate for any community to uphold their boundaries and uphold what their values are and like lead with their lead with their positive values. So, you know, so so, so it's good for states' rights, right? Sure. Uh, so 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 if you get nation state miners, right? Yeah. Uh, do do you see a role for you know, say the home miner or maybe the the uh, intermediate uh, mid sized miner you know mm-hmm. the in mm-hmm. a warehouse somewhere, or or does it is it only nation states running massive data centers? I mean yeah I mean well for a for a profit incentive yeah it, it really does end up being like who can get the lowest cost per kilowatt hour you know who can get closest to the the largest economy of scale. Um, there will be a point when residential mining is just for heat generation. You know what I mean? Like the, and, and the mining rewards are consistently decreasing. Hash rate is going up. <laughs> it's like the whole profitability of the industry is very much tightening. And we would need to see a lot of like upwards price action in, in the underlying asset in order for it to be, again, uh, financially accessible to people that are just running S9s at home and wanting to call it as a profit in the moment, you know what I mean? Like in the moment, sure. making more money, not like in the moment, you know, you earn Bitcoin and then you hold that Bitcoin and you making that Bitcoin was a process of you heating your water or something like that. Sure, sure. So, I mean, when it comes to like making a profit, yeah, yeah. Because when in every energy chain, you have really only 10% of the energy that is that is obtained by that chain going up to the next level of hierarchy and and that plays out on a similar in a similar descriptive like the analogy works for that of the grid itself you know you have this Pareto distribution where there's this this massive amount of wasted energy that exists on the higher level of the grid that when it comes to just like your average like home that's mining it's like well you can't get energy that cheap like <laughs> you know if you were on the west coast and your business was like hey I'm partnered right next to this 
big friggin a uh, big wind farm and occasionally storms hit and these storms up the amount of watts produced here to be that of like two nuclear power plants and the grid just can't hold it so you know you have either the energy company or you have a miner or you have the energy producer themselves hold enough asics to be able to use up that surplus energy that would otherwise destroy the grid mm-hmm. and 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 curtail and manage the excess surpluses that would otherwise destabilize our really outdated, outmoded uh, electrical infrastructure. So, so, so you could have it's just getting worse, right? So, so you could have entire warehouses of S nine sitting sitting idle for weeks at a time until the storm comes. Yeah, and, and instead of putting the energy into the ground, or how do they dissipate excess energy? Entropy. It just burns up in the lines. It's heat. Okay. It's heat across the entire grid. Things black out. Things things stop okay. functioning. Okay. You know, like too much. Yeah, too much power so, causes blackouts. So they blackouts, could just have the miners on on standby waiting to just. Yeah, they're eat a circuit breaker. In. Yeah, they're they're the circuit breaker instead of the blackout. That's incredible. It, allo- it allows the circuit, being the grid, to continue operating in a huge surplus of energy, um, as compared to damaging grid infrastructure. Because if if you have adjustable load demand you can adjust it to times when renewable energy is creating a surplus of energy that you can't store and it's like well the the so so the the neoliberal malthusians are like oh yeah just make better just make bigger batteries and then you we can be fully renewable (laughs) but it's like sorry where's that lithium ion being made is like oh sorry is that the indigenous uh you know like uh is that like tribal lands that that's being mined out of? Is no, that no, no. you know being mined it's, out of Bolivia? It's, like, it's ju- just just with child slave labor. Just child and, slave labor. I mean, know. every everybody knows that if it's mined or if it's created with ch- children slaves, right? Yeah, then it's, it's a clean. better product. It's a better product. Yeah, <laughs> just like just like everyone's iPhone, iPhones, right? <laughs> everyone's clothes, you know, and so, Your Nikes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so we find ourselves in a position where we have this energy infrastructure that doesn't require this like massive environmental pollution or any well it does there's greenhouse effects there are other effects there's carbon that's being put in the atmosphere there's environmental damages of it being mixed with the natural environment um there's it's there's a lot of damaging effects within this process but to to have a, a stable load of energy that you can control and then you can adjust and you can rein in when renewables are producing energy it's important in order to maintain the ecosystem of a grid so if, if you're just running from renewables, you have no guarantee that you have power when people need power because no one deter- – unless it's geothermal, unless it's hydroelectric, no one is determining the amount of watts that you're creating out of that solar panel or that wind farm. That's the reason for why in the ERCOT grid in Texas that there's negatively priced energy in which you're paid to consume energy because <laughs> the ERCOT grid is both de- – both unregulated and a clusterfuck to the extent that it gets so hot because of so much energy being generated from renewables that you need to be able to be paid to be there in order to then mine that and to turn is, that into Is Bitcoin. that why we're seeing so many industrial miners in yeah. Texas? Yeah, it's just because their grid is, is unregulated and not connected. Like, a monopoly would mean that it would be, all of their energy would be able to be distributed across all of it 
effectively. Right. But because they're putting up their own infrastructure, there are gaps in which it can't go over to a new part of the grid because the grid is privatized. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah, free markets are creating this like innovation and opportunity. It's like, oh, come on. The only reason for why there's that innovation there is because it's just a market inefficiency. The, like the renewable energy system sure. and the grid infrastructure is outdated and shit, and people want to build up green energy, but they don't consider how it damages the grid if not used appropriately. Sure. It is important to be used appropriately, and it is a very important part of a energy ecosystem. So, so, so It's not the end-all be-all. So theoretically, though, Bitcoin miners could play a, a more important role than, than a battery system. The, Bitcoin could be the battery instead of actual batteries right yeah well i mean battery is because like, you could you you could store the energy like like michael saylor always talks about yes yeah, you know it's storing yeah thermodynamic energy right yeah and and instead of uh pumping that into a battery you just pump it into the bitcoin miners and you make you make your money that way yeah and subsidize the grid that way yeah and and then it, it could in theory lower the cost for everybody yeah and you can see the reason for why energy producers and energy companies would be like the first people to like assimilate mining companies into their system it's funny so put on your that, note that goes to the hash war that, right. that's the stage before the hash war right. is and when everything centralizes into the energy producers which so, are de facto part of the state and then that's when the state just turns their guns and they're like we're the captain i'm joking about <laughs> this but this is like a this is like a risk case scenario for miners um, but you know, I believe in U.S. states or in in property rights, and I believe that the U.S. is one of the best com- countries that exists in the world. But you know. <laughs> it's the worst, except all the rest. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But so, so put your Notre Notre Dame hat on, right? Yeah. And, and uh, it's my normal hat. <laughs> if you're looking into the uh, the crystal ball and looking into the future, yeah. What where in say three. May, or no, let's say five years and ten years. Do you see like the the average uh, mid-sized miner versus uh, state miners versus you know? I, I just where where do you see the whole industry um, in five years? Well, I mean, hash rate going into liquid immersion means that hash rate is going to stay on the network for longer. Uh, the longevity and the the longevity of the servers and the e waste is going to improve. Um, you're going to have more consistent buildup of hash and it's going to be less of a churn because of that. It's going to be centralization, centralization around cheap energy. Like all of these, all of these mining companies are slowly going to aggregate closer and closer to power producers. Um, you know, we're probably going to see more like more countries like El Salvador stepping into mining and on like a per, like those that opt out of the U S dollar system because they weren't benefited from it. They were going to step in. Um, you know, the U S is probably going to be one of the earlier of all of the countries to really integrate it. Um, but that would kind of require some usurpation, usurpation <laughs> of, uh, the current, uh, hegemonic system. So I, I would presume that those that run, those that run fiat will need to recognize that Bitcoin like benefits them. Cause like, you know, the ultimate Cantillion error is like the person who prints money and then just buys Bitcoin with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's why Michael Saylor is Michael Saylor is because he just leverages, you know, he leverages debt to buy Bitcoin. And then he uses that printed money to make more money leveraging off of the, the trade. It's a speculative attack on the U S dollar. Yeah. It certainly seems like it. it it's, it's almost, uh, almost reminiscent of, uh, 
I guess it's not quite the same, but Soros attacking the the British pound. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah it, it'll be interesting to see how this pans out because when, when you say interesting comparison, yeah, when you when you talk about Sailor though, he if 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 things work out the way that you and I probably think that they will, he'll probably mm-hmm. be the richest person in the world. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, Coinbase has his as his keys, so well, maybe yeah. Coinbase will be the wealthiest organization in the world when Michael Saylor. Wouldn't gets that be funny if uh, he gets Mount Gox at the end of the day? Yeah, I mean, it's my understanding that there have been some allegations of scandal and like earlier in his career, not to besmirch him, but just to say it's like it's definitely on the table for like bad luck and bad PR to happen, even in this process. I, it's we, important to not have heroes. heroes yeah, yeah. You know. you know what, and and that's what I've said about uh, I've said it on the podcast and and about uh, about uh, Naib Bukele too. Oh yeah, like I love everything he's doing, right? Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, that guy's a politician. Yeah. And, and he's got, isn't he? His allegations is that he's like some type of a dictator. Well, I, it, yeah. I haven't really heard like what the substantive element of that is. So, so I'm open to it. You know, you know I, 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 I've, I've had the conversation about El Salvador. Yeah. You know, if this guy's actually buying Bitcoin with yeah. the, the public money, right? Yeah. Why, why is there not a public address where everyone in El Salvador can audit? I, I, I understand. Yeah. I understand that there's yeah. a security risk with a known honeypot like that, right? Yeah. But then on the other hand, there's also security risk in not knowing. Uh, where where those Bitcoin are being held? Yeah, I mean, like in an open and transparent government, there would be some form of like public access to knowing like what their financials are. Right, and and, and how I think that should be expected. It, it should be known, you, you know, just just like the United States has the uh, what, what do they call it, the succession of power plan, right? We, we know that the vice president becomes president, and, yeah. and then if that doesn't work, it becomes the speaker of the house. And mm-hmm. w- w- what is the succession of power of Bitcoin in El Salvador? Nobody knows that either. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, Coinbase who, gets decided, I guess. <laughs> right, right, or or who? who yes. So, so a I, U.S. a U.S. corporation gets to, right. Coinbase is U.S. Right. Yeah, a U.S. corporation gets to decide for El Salvador. Right. It, well, it doesn't then, sound very decentralized. Which, which also, you know, if you were El Salvadorian, wouldn't uh, you? You'd, you've got, then then they're running the risk of the uh, oh, Venezuela yeah. gold. Oh yeah. Yeah, we, totally. And, where where that was held in in London. Yeah, and, and they the refused British government to give it back. said that you know you're not the legitimate government anymore. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> It's our gold now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Who who knew that uh, whatever his face was was not Maduro. Yeah, Maduro. Who knew that um, the the U.S. and the EU not supporting Maduro's uh, like being elected, his like legitimacy <laughs> would actually take effect anywhere. I guess I guess affecting their gold is a really important way of affecting them. You it's know funny I mean? how they it always kind get of the like money, by the right? balls. Yeah, they, they, it's funny how the. Uh... Uh, oh, uh, our government or, you know, the Europeans, we always get the money. That's, uh, well, I mean, we know what, what can make people hurt, <laughs> not being able to process transactions, not having, you know, your assets. It's, it's a very painful thing. Absolutely. Which is interesting because, well, you know, Maduro and Venezuela, I thought was going to be the actual first true use case. And, you know, mm-hmm. they, they flirted mm-hmm. with it. Right. Mm-hmm. And what, what did they end up doing? They end up creating their own shit coin. Because, uh, what was it called? The Petro. Yeah. The Petro coin. Yeah. And, uh, right, right. But it's because, you know, a true dictator can't give up that control. Yeah. And, and that, that's the one. I think that's the criticism of the Chivo wallet as well, is that it's, uh, 
Right, but 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 the Chivo wallet is interoperable mm-hmm. with any other Lightning wallet. So mm-hmm. so nobody's being forced to use the Chivo wallet. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, so all, all I can the consent say, part about that is pretty important. It's it's hard to consider someone authoritarian when they're requesting your consent. Exactly. So, so like I said, you know, I I. I I like Naib Bukele, and I'll trust and ver- trust, but verify everything he does, right? Yeah. But but so far, everything he's doing is not a dictator's move, right? Mm. Uh, giving people the freest money in the world uh, to to use as as your as your uh, national currency doesn't strike me as a move of a dictator. It's kind of on the opposite part of the spectrum, <laughs> you know. But I I think I think life is a lot of like determining like who is gaslighting or how people are gaslighting us and who is gaslighting us the most mm-hmm. and who is incentivized from me believing or perceiving this in a very specific way. Like how is this being phrased? Is this framing of it even legitimate you know what i mean like that's that's kind of where i I feel like with a lot of things geopolitically it's just kind of like a shell game right similar to mining it's just like yeah there's a lot of hidden information you know i mean like it could go 17 different ways in which it's why it's like it's it's a very um complicated notion to be able to provide forward like a business model and cash flow estimate for like a mining operation when it's (laughs) the case that it's like all right well Let's just just pull up, you know, brains o or brains insights, and like let's just bring out like a fractal set of spreadsheets about what this could turn out as. Right. Hang on one second. I'm gonna open this door. Hopefully, no, oh, no, nothing no. gets hot. <laughs> that was all full of uh, logs when I started it, so it's a uh, it's, it's cooking. It's a good touch. All right. Um, Right on. Well, so so still talking about, uh, you know, the the predictions and state actors and yeah. Uh, so, so where do you see it in ten years? Not 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 like price prediction wise, but like just the the network or the state. You know, the state of the Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, I mean, it just it seems like the natural like financial incentive for things to continue centralizing. Um, I think it's it's a continuing trend. You know, there's not going to be a point in which like. Bitcoin mining becomes like an immediately profitable thing for, yeah, it's empty. Okay. (laughs) Uh, It doesn't become an immediately profitable thing for people on residential power, unless it's the case that they, you know, Bitcoin price goes crazy, but then all of a sudden that's more just like public capital being applied towards that market. So like every, every time that price goes up, difficulty is going to go up. You know, the Pareto distribution indicates that like 80 to 90% of that hash rate is going to be put up by the same like 10, 20% of actors. So like, it's just going to continue centralizing. And especially sure. when you have like the proof of stake system that we're in currently, wherein like applying capital early and sustaining through bear markets as a zombie corporation that's spawned by the fiat system does, um, that's... That's pretty effective because, like, if you look at the price per terahash for servers, price per terahash is a good unit metric for, like, how good you're doing at your business for, like, what you're purchasing. You know what I mean? Like, the lower you get it, lowered money you have to spend per terahash, the more money you make over the course of it because you're able to pay off your equipment faster. It's, like, 25 bucks a terahash when you're buying at these, like, 100,000, 200,000, like, machine scales wow. when it's, like, 110 dollars a hundred dollars ninety dollars for people that are in a more smaller business type of position sure inside that market so 
it is tending towards centralization, and it's going to continue that way because we have the fiat money printer, which gives low interest rates and cheap capital to very select few individuals that the sure. state has selected to be uh, worthy of that credit and that, that are part of the public funding process. And, you know, that I kind of described that with a little bit of maliciousness. You know, that's just how the current markets operate. I'm not trying to, like, besmirch anyone that is successful in a mining company. I'm not trying to necessarily say <laughs> right. that it's not valid what they're doing. I'm not trying to say that they're not good for the Bitcoin network. I'm just saying that, like, where they get their money, if you're a publicly traded miner and you're able to leverage that public money, you're in a really good position sure. to buy a lot of cheap terahash. hash. Right, sure. and And to be at sites that are cheap renewable energy so 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 uh you just got me thinking in a different route so anybody sorry i, I want to interrupt here anyone that no. he is listening and here's the the heavy breathing that ike has come in back into the room so. ike, ike is a very happy papa yes he's very happy to be back uh it's not necessarily being quiet but uh ta talking about the uh the bigger uh mining companies yeah. you know so, so right now you know, they are kind of lever leveraging up, borrowing money to buy all this uh, this power to, to mine. Yeah. Uh, and for the most part, my understanding is that they're all holding the, the Bitcoin. Do, do, do you see that as, as being the case in the future? Or do you, do you see a scenario where they, they get freaked out and they dump? Because uh, that used to be the case with miners. Yeah. Everyone always criticized miners that they just, you know, were in it for the money and sold the Bitcoin instantly. Well, I mean, when you when you... I mean, mining companies should always be selling on impulse up and then should be selling less and holding more when it's the case that, you know, your underlying asset is getting cheaper. So, like, I mean, they're, they're a big, like, liquidity provider into the network. But, you know, if you're not holding Bitcoin for the long term, then you're not really going to be able to capture all of the value that you could have. So it's kind of like a, a subtle nuanced dance of like how to manage your cash flow as a mining company. Um, and I, you know, I think largely that strategy again is, is like to sell into impulse upwards and just sell cost average, uh, Bitcoin cost average into USD in order to be able to pay for your electricity and the CapEx of what you put up as an investment. Un unless you're paying for your CapEx in Bitcoin terms, which is again, understandable. And right. that's pretty much like, you know, then you're, you're giving the Bitcoin just directly to the person that provided the loan for the servers. <laughs> and, you know, so, so you, you get into a point where it's like, uh, every mining company is largely on the hold strategy. Uh, but that's not to say that mining companies don't provide a lot of like selling pressure. Right. E right. I mean, every mining company needs to, otherwise you would just have all the Bitcoin that ever gets mined being held by those, those, those miners. Right, right. Uh, but but uh, but aren't people like Riot saying that they're not selling any, and they're using all their uh, venture capital, all oh, the yeah. uh, all the money they've raised as their yeah, they, operations? Yeah, I mean that's how they should do it. You know what I mean? They should never sell. They should just they should put up the Bitcoin that they mine in collateral, and then they should just take out U.S. dollar based loans on that Bitcoin right. at at a level in which they can accept the risk <laughs> of needing to put in more Bitcoin. And so they, you know, if they had a, a cash liquidity engine from collateralizing Bitcoin, they're not paying any income tax on it because you don't pay money. It's not a taxable event to collateralize an asset. Right. So right. like the best miners in the best position, they should have enough coin and they should be collateralizing their coins. So then that way they never need to sell. Sure. 
And especially if they get venture capital, it's like, yeah, you never want to sell your Bitcoin. Like if you, if you have more public money coming in, just dumping in, it's like, yeah, uh, hold the coin. <laughs> and, and these people that have the venture capital like ownership, they're just going to receive a portion of coin or portion of equity over sure. the course of the process. So, so do, you, do you think, because this is always a, a line, like as an individual has to, has to, you know, a, a line that you need to walk or mm-hmm. a needle to thread, whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. uh, you know, should I, should I invest in Bitcoin or Bitcoin infrastructure or should I just buy Bitcoin? Like, uh, so somebody listening, you yeah. know, and especially with a lot of these uh, miners going public, yeah. you know, I, I know people are like, well, I'm going to buy the stock of the, of the guy selling the shovels, you know, and blah, yeah. blah, blah. But, uh, I mean, if, if you're regulated against being able to hold Bitcoin on your balance sheet, then mining owning stock of mining companies is valid. But there's no guarantee that those mining companies don't print off more stock. So, like, <laughs> you know, you're probably better off. If there's not, like, a limit to you purchasing Bitcoin, you should just buy the underlying asset Bitcoin. But if, if you have some money on, like, whatever trading platform or whatever, and you just want to hold something that's Bitcoin adjacent, go for it. Right. But, like, to the question of, like, is it a better is it a better time to mine or is it a better time to buy? It's like, yeah, uh, mining will always be, like, a long-term leveraged long. Uh, it will never be something that's, like, an immediately get-rich-quick scheme. And in general, uh, you want to be able to uh, put, forward, put forward more... Bitcoin for your dollar. So like in an environment where it's like a bear market right now, that's exactly what you want. You just want to buy the underlying coin. You don't want to have to, you don't want to have to mine it because difficulty ratings going up and you're in a position where you can't really get the most amount of coin for mining than you could by just purchasing it. And that's really important for like bear markets or horizontal markets when there's like, you know, a lot of difficulty coming up and by that i mean a lot more hash power being added to the network right so like right now it's like yeah uh just buy bitcoin you don't need to mine it's like you know the the purpose of mining is to be able to earn the premium like the spread in between the cost of mining and the cost of the capex depreciation of the server (laughs) and the profit that you make or the revenue that you make which turns into profit over the course of calculating these things but Speaking of uh, more hash power, I'm kind of all over the place with these questions. I apologize. Nope. Uh, hey, have you read or heard about Intel uh, now saying that yeah. they're, they're going to start yeah. making chips for miners? Yeah. Do, do, do you see this? Like, uh, I mean, I, I know Intel is obviously one of the biggest in the world, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, Taiwan TM. TSM. Yeah. Yeah. TMC is it? TSM. TSM. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Uh, but. Uh, is like the is the arms has the arms race begun for miners uh you know is it now that intel's coming in and you know who else you know hopefully it's a better arm <laughs> it's a better arms race than drones and aircraft and i mean you know everything's like a negotiation you know like you, you need some amount of everything but i would definitely say so uh i don't know what intel entering into the space is going to mean it seems like they're very much from kind of like a reliability like efficiency standpoint so it, i don't necessarily i don't know what that means because it's like it's hard to it's hard to determine what efficiency is when it's the case it's like yeah you know using energy creates terror hash 
So it's like, is it a highly efficient machine that produces very little terahash, but produces it with very little energy? Right. Or like, what are we talking about here? There's just so many, so much that's not known by it. Um, but if it's the case that they're describing it as like a rugged, like utility oriented, like mining service, then, you know, similar to what you said one of the last couple of times, it's like, yeah, well, maybe that's just a replacement to any form of heat generation that exists. Uh, or maybe that's like, you know, here's this like 480 volt industrial miner right. that it's not like, you know, it it's more about like it being super reliable and it being able to like process any surplus that hits the grid. And it's less about like the amount of coin it makes. Right. And it's right. more about like how it can add utility to society. So I don't know what direction they're going to take it. They don't seem to be like the profit incentive direction but that's literally every company and what they say inside these like esg narrative like type <laughs> environments so we just want to help the environment we don't care about money oh yeah, yeah of course right. they, they don't care about money no one cares about money <laughs> right, right especially the people that are fleecing you they specifically don't care about your money <laughs> not right. saying intel would do that right on well you know what i i i'm looking at the clock here we, we've gone already an hour and a half and i could probably easily do another hour and a half yeah well, but I, uh, I appreciate we'll, your time we'll have much. to get you to come back for for that because i it's a privilege. i want you to show me uh, a couple things with uh just so everybody that's listening to this point, you, you will get the nugget that I've actually started home mining with the help of uh, with the help of Andre here. And so he, I, I've got a couple of questions I want him to show me off camera. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but but before we go, uh, and I probably should have done this at the beginning of the thing, and, and I'll definitely link it in mm -hmm. the uh, description. Where is there? I mean, are you on Twitter? Where can people find you if yeah, they're uh, interested? I, I'm on Twitter and Facebook. Um, oh. I'm. I'm a glitch artist and uh, I used to be on Instagram until they censored me off that platform. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, Instagram censored you, but not Facebook. Yeah. Surprise. Um, Andre Shu uh, S-C-H-U, umlaut on Facebook. Uh, Twitter, it's O-F-T Xanadu, X-A-N-A-D-U, oft Xanadu, of Xanadu, Kublai Khan. <laughs> um, yeah, I really, I really appreciate being hosted on and, I have a few things to say, but overall, I, I try to just like keep my peace to myself. No, no, yeah, be harmonious and well, not throw up shitstorms. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, I mean, we there is no time limit. No, I'm no, just, I, uh, <laughs> I feel very satisfied, and I, I appreciate your time today. Yeah, this this was fun, and and I for sure, like I said, you know, the rabbit hole has no bottom. Yeah, so sure. so you know, as I go deeper down the uh, mining rabbit hole as well. I, I I definitely will uh, have you back here. Yeah, so. it'd be my privilege. Anyhow, well, so anybody that's listening to this point, I I, I appreciate you, and uh, make sure to tune in next week, and we will see you then. Ciao.